Can you hear me? You there? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can. I just want to make sure right. I don't sound funny. Are you ready to get into a, a really long 30-minute Star Wars discussion? Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the PlayStation 5, but I'm, I'm down with Star Wars, man. <laughs> For those of you who don't I know... Go. <laughs> I could go all day talking about the Mandalorian and my issues with it. Oh God! For those of you don't, that don't know, David and I feel very passionately about Star Wars, but in completely different ways. <laughs> no, I think we we have a lot of agreement, minutes. though. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we I think we come from a good place, uh, yeah. but <laughs> I've come full circle and now like the prequels have a very very special place in my heart. Like I'm not even trying to be like ironic about it i like legit love the prequels now that's good i'm glad because i've always had a special place in my heart for the prequels um you know being a child and everything but just that i like them you know they're so great <laughs> i mean now i used to think anyway. they were just they were just so bad that they were good but now i'm like there's a lot of entertainment value and i don't think <laughs> People need to tap into the joy of the prequels a little bit more, don't you think? In this holiday season especially, right? I mean, Anna Christensen still is like the pinnacle of acting. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we'll we'll be back shortly with the uh, the real intro. Hello, welcome to PT Chats with PT Chaps. I want to say that right. My name is David. And my name is Steven. Yeah, and we are the PT Chaps who are going to have a PT chat today. And what are we going to talk about, I really Steven? I thought you were going to go, we are the PT Chats. <laughs> we're going to have PT Chats. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about uh... this. This title was really a risk. <laughs> High risk. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about... Um... The concept of the clinical doctorate in PT. Sorry, yes. in PT. Yes, everything from the title, what that means, and uh, very helpfully, you found uh, an article that we can use as a springboard. So the title of the article is Doctorate in Physical Therapy. Is it time for a conversation? And the article is Sunita Mathur. Mm. Uh, this article was back from 2011 in the Physiotherapy Canada mm-hmm. journal. So again, it's we're not really so concerned about the date and when it was published and where, but it kind of serves as that launching point to address some of the the issues that we've had in our own thoughts. Uh, so it provides some structure to our conversation today. So good on you for finding it. I thought it was a, a helpful resource. Yeah, it's um, full disclosure, like the debate about, I don't know, I don't know, in my own experience with people who've had, you know, MPTs or DPTs, like I, full disclosure before we start this, I really don't have that strong a stance for or against. Um, I'm kind of still at like a middling ground behind um, between both, but so I don't have like a strong, strong, strong opinion about it, but I think it's, it's a good discussion to have because our perception to the general public is important, you know? Certainly. And I would agree. I, I probably have a more of a middle of the ground view on it as well. But there are certain things that I can react to, as it were, in this as elements of, of what gets discussed in this conversation. Um, and there are definitely those for and against points that we're going to 
discuss that <laughs> I think both have merit and, and everything kind of needs to be considered and thought about critically. I mean, obviously here in the U- U.S., it's been the DPT for the what last 10 years now, something like that, 10, 10 or so yeah, years. So. Am I, am I right I in saying so. that? Yeah. Sure. And I, I don't know this article that we're going off of is, is from, you know, a source in Canada and, and I, I, I'm not sure that they're doing the same thing. Um, but the, the argument and discussion is, is mainly the same. I mean, of course there's different laws and, regional and country issues at play but anyway um why why do you think we're having this discussion well for context <clears throat> sorry my i'm like really my allergies <laughs> no my allergies have been really annoying so my sinuses are killing me but um that's why yeah. i'm clearing my throat but for people that may not know i don't know maybe pts aren't listening to this but um the standard right now is that people pts graduate with a doctorate degree and that's that's the norm i think yeah you're right i think after the late 90s that's when the dpt started to be the the standard of which we you know that's the, that was the degree that was offered um and now and yeah it was climbing towards that and least, now we have right? more um, yeah. transitional dpts for people who want to get go from their mpt to a dpt <clears throat> so why are we having this conversation um i think especially me when I was in school or even when I was applying the perception of being called a doctor made me made, you know, it kind of makes me uneasy personally. It may not make others feel uneasy, but um, it still kind of makes me a little bit uneasy because I'm a little, what's the word? I mean, I mean, I'm still dealing with imposter syndrome in general, but um Right. As a, as a, as a yeah. but in general, like being called a doctor, like, and the implications that, that, um, that holds, like, it's still, it's still this ambiguous feeling in my stomach that makes me think, why are we being called that? And, um, even now, like I tell personally, I tell my patients not to call me doctor ever. I t- they just call me by my first name. But, um, you know, it, I feel, you know, I've heard other people's opinions on this and, they feel very strongly about it. And I think those, those feelings are valid. And so I think for the sake of our perception to the general public and within the medical community, this is a good thing to talk about. Um, I'm not sure I would mm-hmm. have a great answer at the end of it, but these are talking points that are well bringing, you know, well worth bringing up. Yeah, certainly. You mentioned talking with, with colleagues that have some strong opinions yeah. on it. And I think that's where <laughs> a lot of my interests in this I, I wouldn't even call it a debate, but this this point of discussion has come up because I've had my own impressions going through, you know, PT school and my own education, but also hearing from other people's perspectives uh, on, you know, what our title is, what our role is as physical therapists, and that's an ongoing thing that's growing. So I think it's an important point that warrants consideration because there's a lot of factors at play here that have to do with you know, how we're educated, our standards of clinical practice, um, how we're viewed by the public, how we view ourselves. And you, you touched on that a little bit with, you know, that sense of responsibility that you have by even just going to like a DPT program, right? So we'll touch on a lot of these issues. And I think might be a good time to just, you know, dive into this article and raise some of the uh, points of support and then the points of, um, 
opposition to to the uh, idea of a doctorate in physical therapy versus, uh, I guess, a, a lesser standard of education like a master's or or, or a bachelor's. Well, we had some tough technical difficulties, and we can uh, resume. Okay. I was uh, going to get us transitioned over to the article itself, so we could bring up one of the first points of discussion. Do you want to just bring up whatever point you want to start with? Yeah, let's actually, you know what? I really thought it would be interesting to define what a, what a clinical doctorate is. Okay. That's a tough task, but let's go for it. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> well, technically, yeah. So, you know, just for context of clinical doctorate, but, and it's defined by the same author in a separate article, um, is an entry level degree that prepares that prepares students with the competencies required to enter clinical practice and become eligible for licensure. It's basically a practice doctorate, and in PT it would be called the DPT, wherein it differs from the PhD, which is obviously a focus on research and the production of original scholarly work, versus a post professional doctorate slash advanced practice doctorate, which offers study in advanced or specialized clinical competencies. So essentially the doctorate we're talking about is an entry level practice doctorate. Right. So go on, sorry. Well, I was just going to, I think it's tough in the sense that just the word doctor in itself is a pretty simplistic uh, <clears throat> title in that it just, I think it essentially means just somebody who teaches. Right. Uh, and so, you know, you see the, the title of doctor with a lot of different professions. I know in this article it's covered by, it covers a number of different professionals. Um, you know, they bring up physicians obviously, but you know, our, our friends, chiropractors, you know, have the, have that title dentists have it, um, podiatrists, optometrists, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, that, that, uh, that level of degree is applied to many different individuals in different professions. Right. And, um, well, at least in my, like in my perception of the world, that's become more, you know, as, I mean, like acceptable in my opinion, professionally acceptable. I, I feel very comfortable calling my optometrist, a doctor or, you know, a vet, a doctor or so on, so on. Yes, agreed. I think you, you it's easy to recognize a lot of these different individuals and different professions as having that doc that doctor level of education or considering them a doctor of whatever they do. But I still think colloquially or among lay people, when people talk about their doctor, you know, who are they referring to, right? They're referring yep. to their physician, right? Their primary care or their or or another type of specialist that they're seeing right so i think physicians hold that sense of um you know if somebody's talking about their doctor they're talking about their physician you would agree right i agree yeah it's not like you're i'm gonna go see my my doctor dentist today or <laughs> <laughs> you just see i'm gonna see my dentist and and when it comes to us as pts it's not like people are like i'm gonna see my doctor of physical therapy today yeah. uh they're gonna go see their physical therapist or they're gonna go to physical therapy right yeah i so, think and part of that i feel like it's just it's a product of and i'm not mad about it it's a, a product of what's been like the social norm since god we only had doctors versus before healthcare split up into different specialties you know 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not something that um, it's we consider history and cultural context, and it <clears throat> totally makes sense, and it's understandable mm-hmm. why that's the case. Right, totally. I think so. I mean, I, I think that's totally acceptable. Um, I guess the, but it doesn't mean you know it. Just, it shouldn't deprive other people of having a doctor title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, and that, I think a, that that we will get we will address this title issue in a little bit more detail. Is that what you want to talk about first, or do you want to talk about some of these other points? No, that was. I think that was a good segue into for and against. Okay. So I guess like the let's start with um, let's start with. The, the first point in this article, which is, you know, arguments to support moving to a DPT. So the article states, uh, physical therapy would be recognized by our colleagues and by the public as a truly autonomous profession. Because new graduates are often required to work in autonomous, on autonomous positions where there's little opportunity for mentoring, we need to prepare our graduates for autonomous direct act- access practice at the entry level. What do you mm. think about that? Well, what it really reminds me of is kind of like this linchpin issue that I think the APTA was pushing for for a while for us to be um, autonomous and have direct access, right? That was a big push in the last um, decade or so. And now we see pretty much all states in the U.S. have some form of direct access. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of limitations to that, uh, depending on the state you're in. But to a large extent that goal has been achieved. And then at the same time in the U S at least we have transitioned to the DPT. So that level of autonomy uh, is a lot greater. I think that that's just, that's how it is now. And that, that autonomy may continue to grow. I think the question that I, the questions that I have that are more pressing to me are what do we do with that autonomy and are we handling it well? That's a great point. Uh, that I'm going to jump off of that in just a second, but I'm going to say one more thing before I lose this thought because I have scatterbrain. Um, I'm curious because this sounds like to me, and this may be my, my perception as my as an orthopedic PT and my own bias, but direct access to me gr- more profoundly affects us as orthopedic PTs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see, and I and you know what I can see it. Like, I'm sorry, not orthopedic. I'm saying outpatient PTs. I should really rephrase that. I, I apologize. Because um, I know, like, as an outpatient PT, this offer, offers us a lot of opportunity. Um, I'm curious to see how that affects us at the inpatient level or the hospital mm-hmm. level. You know, I think, because I can see, you know, direct access. I mean, that, that's direct access, but, like, the doctor title within the hospital, you know, like, mm-hmm. does that have any effect? Like, um, I don't know. I'd be curious to see, hear what people's experiences are and their own opinions on that. But um, to go back onto your other point about like, yeah, cool. We have all this autonomy now. We, we need the title to, cause we demand respect, but do we really have the skills in our, to, to demand that respect? Um, especially with what we see that's commonplace in PT now. Right. Do you, mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think that's that issue is of great importance, right? Like, do we have that? Uh, are we handling that well, right? Um, so that autonomy, with that autonomy comes a lot of responsibility. Man, I, I bet you want to say something about oh, Spider-Man yeah, now, I huh? Do. God, you, you <laughs> know exactly where I was going to go. That God. was also something we discussed in addition to The Mandalorian. <laughs> Yeah, man, you know me so well. Jeez. Actually, and, no, and but I think it's, it's true. It is really important. Yeah. I mean, okay. 
I mean, if I were to compare myself like one month out of school when I was working versus now and full context, like, you know, because I'm going through fellowship, it's been kind of drilled into my head now because it's important. And I, you know, I basically got slapped across the face with after my first presentation, my clinical presentation, because they were like, you know, you are a doctor of PT and we have direct access. If you don't do a like a very thorough. All right, welcome back to PT <laughs> Chats with PT Chats. I'm so sorry. This is my own phone. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Or my it's early days. This is what, our, only our third podcast, so yeah. As I was saying, it's Hopefully like... Hopefully people won't be too mad at all the uh, <laughs> terrible editing. Yeah, but I was... I <laughs> know, as I was saying, it was... Um, I got my... I got slapped across the face with, like, if... With this criticism, like, if you're a doctor of physical therapy and you're operating in direct ac- under direct access care you need to provide the most thorough screen possible and decide whether or not that patient belongs in your clinic. If we mm-hmm. were given the scenario of some, like, let's take, for example, if you were given a scenario where somebody has, you know, take plain old shoulder pain and, um, you know, they, they come in with something that totally unrelated to something orthopedic, you need to be able to pick that up. And in some cases there may be those, there's situations where maybe you do, run into a not so great PT and they don't catch that. And they just start, you know, I've heard some horror stories about some crap PT out there and they don't do a great exam. And, you know, what if somebody has a gallbladder or a cardio issue and you have them do yeah. shoulder exercise, like God forbid if they have a cardio issue and they're making them do some crazy exercise. Um, mm-hmm. But that's like that. That's the type of scenario we could get into under direct access care. Now with the traditional model where, we have referrals from an MD, the patient has already been through several hoops to kind of determine whether or not you'd belong in PT, mm-hmm. which has kind of been that safety blanket and continues to be that safety blanket for us now. But, you know, after all, you know, I've read a lot of cases and all those stories of, you know, situations where somebody doesn't belong in clinic and those times will come. They may happen once or twice in your in your career, but they will happen. And I know it's happened yeah. to me once already. So we have to be able to pick up on that right away. And I think as a DPT, that is our number one responsibility is patient safety, determining whether or not they are appropriate for care and giving, you know, we're not, we're not internists, but we need to be able to pick up on those things right away. A good full medical screen like in the subjective, like load that up in the front end, just take care of it right away to make sure that, you know, they're appropriate. And I feel like that's the bulk of the, like, of the responsibility when it comes to direct, direct access, our position yeah. as a, as a healthcare prov- provider, understanding and knowing our place and recognizing these things, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's probably number one in my mind. And I think as a profession, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but as a profession overall, I don't know that we're doing a good job. I would, I would agree with that, that last sentiment, but I think what you touched on brought up some, so, so many interesting points that we could go off of. Mm. And I do want to backtrack a little bit to what you had said towards the beginning of our conversation and kind of addressing this point that you brought up from the article. Um, we, we talked about the kind of the APTA's push to, uh, seek direct access. And then you had also mentioned how 
you know, we, we, you and me were biased as primarily as, as outpatient PTs. Right. Mm. And I think the way that, you know, the profession views things a lot of times is through that lens of how things affect an outpatient or therapist or a clinic owner, things like that. Mm. Um, and the fact is though, there are so many of us that are not operating in outpatient type environments. So inpatient PTs, acute care, SNFs, uh, home health, different things like that. I think I looked up yesterday, and I think this is a resource from the APTA. There's only about 33% of PTs that are working in outpatient settings. No. So it's not even a majority, right? Oh, interesting. Um, but still, it's it's and may, like our own bias allows us to look at it this way because these are the resources that we're looking at. But like I said, it's almost that lens that we kind of look for in terms of influencing policy. But in the context of those, some of those other settings <laughs> that are a huge proportion of our populace, as it were. I mean, in inpatient settings, when you're working in a hospital, it's like a care team, right? Yeah. And, and fundamentally, you said like patient safety first, like the patient comes first. So they're managed by a healthcare team, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it goes into this question of if we want that autonomy, it's almost like a grab to uh, want to be recognized as your own individual um provider that can just do a lot but should we really want that i mean i think a more effective model of care is working well with other providers to provide the best care for a patient and you can see that you know in good settings like in like a hospital setting you could see you know the physician is potentially that primary point of care and then there's other providers that kind of work along with that team all with very important roles Mm -hmm. um but there's no one provider that's just uh you know gonna do everything right and and i (laughs) and i really think part of that is because because pts have such a wide array of um um settings they can work in like take and maybe i'm not describing this well but like take for example the healthcare team that you talked about right mm-hmm. you have you have your nurses you have your doctor pt ot the rehab team speech um respiratory respiratory right we have yeah. all these things going on and so to delineate ourselves within that team as a doctor could create confusion but you compare it to the other doctors in the profession let's say for example an optometrist and i have mm-hmm. no doubt that they work together with doctors in general to to be part of a you know a larger team, an extended team, but like that, that first line team that we were talking about, like including rehab, you know, they're not traditionally seen as part of that. Mm-hmm. So we PT sort of exists in this weird spectrum where it's like, yeah, we can operate independently, but we're also part of this team that we work together. And so I can see where it's just like, okay, what <laughs> as a, as a doctor, like, so yeah, it's kind of a blessing end, but it's a, it's a blessing. I think honestly, it's, it's great flexibility. I love my job clearly and what we can do, but I guess in terms of being perceived as a doctor, I feel like that's where part of the confusion can come in. Yeah. And, and going back to what I was saying, I gave that inpatient example, but it's not quite, quite so different in the outpatient, the setting in the sense that you can still be part of that managed care team for, the, the patient. I mean, obviously with our traditional model, getting referrals from physicians, hopefully that can be like a good relationship and everything. But oftentimes there's not a whole lot of communication with the referring provider, mm-hmm. right? In our cases, but in this situation where we're trying to get more autonomy, that doesn't mean that we're just the sole provider for that patient. That responsibility that you talked about means that, you know, 
we have to do that really thorough, good screening so that if we identify an issue um, that is out of our scope of practice, we don't just take it on and be like, yep, I'm going to handle that too. No, it gives you the recognition to make the decision of, I need to refer out to these other people that are helping manage this patient appropriately. Um, But we have that responsibility to initially identify some of those things and send those people out as as would be appropriate right so there's that heavy responsibility there but that doesn't mean again that we're responsible for everything and i think the perception for this this uh this call to action for us to be dpts i i I don't want people to miss this idea or or get caught up with this idea of like yeah we want to be able to do more and be seen that have more responsibility and be more autonomous because in that i think there's a sense of like you can be, <laughs> you can be your own boss. You can do your own thing. You have, you can take charge of things more. It's like, you're still doing what you're doing as a physical therapist. Like your scope of practice remains the same, mm-hmm. but you have that responsibility. If you're seeing the patient first to send them the right way and to do what's in their best interests uh, from that point of responsibility, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're more credentialed to do more than you were trained for. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I don't want the lines to be blurred of what we should and shouldn't be doing, what we can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, those should still be clear and well understood by us. Mm-hmm. Um, not this idea of trying to push those boundaries and be some, be providers that we're not. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Totally. I think, um, yeah, this idea of, of being recognized as something or this, this a kind of perfect jumping point into the next point for and against um uh this it's almost like this idea of legitimacy um yes right is that's the next point on the on this on this thing is um if we were you know by the argument against would be if they're trying to be a d- doctors of physical therapy as an attempt to buy legitimate legitimacy for a profession by re- by awarding graduates a higher credential, um, but fulfills the same entry level requirements as an NPT. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's a good jump, uh, jump off point. But the argument for would be, um, and I think I, I agree with this, which is the changing clinical environment requires a higher level of knowledge and skills upon entry to the profession, e.g. knowledge of pharmacology, genomics, diagnostic imaging, differential diagnosis, reimbursement, legal and ethical issues. Now, many of these are already included in the curricula, but not recognized in the form of a terminal degree. And I agree, like, I think these are higher level things that, that maybe, you know, may not be very specific to just clinical, clinical practice. But um, I think it's, all this stuff is really important to know. The better question is, do people really know it? <laughs> so, um, um, people with the degree really know it. Um, that's advanced level thinking for, you know, so I don't know. I mean, we could, uh, the bad part about this, me saying this is like, I'm just being cynical and questioning whether or not people are, ha- are very good at accessing that knowledge. Um, yeah. Right. So maybe I'm just sounding pretty cynical about my own profession and who's in it. But, um, I think those are important things to have. And I think it's, it's definitely, it should definitely be included in our curriculum. And if that means we get, because of that, we become doctors of physical therapy, I'm all for it. 
Yeah, I think there's, again, there's some interesting points to consider that branch off of this, these points that are made uh, in the article. I mean, that question of legitimacy, uh, you know, on, on one hand, it's say, are you trying to buy it to give your give the impression of legitimacy versus, you know, considering, well, we are a bit more legitimate because we are covering these more advanced topics. Um, but I think that raises the question of if these if these uh, areas that are more advanced, like, you know, you mentioned the pharmacology, genomics, diagnostic imaging, giving that awareness to PTs, um, you have to ask the question, like, how effectively is that is that knowledge portrayed within our scope of practice? Right. Mm. Uh, because <laughs> that may differ from program to program. Right. Mm-hmm. That may differ from individual to individual, how well they're. Uh, kind of imbuing that information in their own in their own knowledge base and mm-hmm. in how they practice appropriate and um, you know so there could be a lot of variability in how do you how do you standardize that so people are practicing well because I think this question of legitimacy it's like yes if you know some of those more in depth factors that kind of expand expand your legitimacy and your education and your background, that's great. That would warrant, you know, that, that higher level of a degree. But I, I understand that idea of, is it just a grab for legitimacy when it's hard to standardize <laughs> how, how, right. that, how that's exactly. communicated. And I think <laughs> one last point I want to bring up about this legitimacy, it's, it's kind of like just that title in itself from the from the perspective of the public or patients, they they might have more buy-in to somebody that seems more legit, right? That has a that bigger title. They feel like they can trust somebody that has a doctor of physical therapy title versus somebody that just has a bachelor's or master's. You know, different people may view that differently, but that is something to consider. Um, I think that's like a face value, face validity sort of thing. I want to dig deep on whether we're really meeting those standards well in our education. But I think that's another point to consider when, when considering legitimacy. That's a, like a whole nother podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But in, in the, in the context of a DPT. Yeah. I think I'm not mad about like, about wanting to have a doctorate title. Honestly, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, um, and being, and I'm, I'm actually not, and I, I can see the, the, that whole argument against oh. it too. But there's nothing. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with trying to put our profession in a more. What's the word? I feel like legitimacy is not the word I want to use here, but in any more recognized position, because um, in terms of our own advocacy as PTs, like we're still i feel like we're still not perceived as like musculoskeletal experts to the general community Mm -hmm. so for us to have the doctorate title i don't think that wanting to have that is simply a power grab or some some quest for legitimacy i think it does still come from like this altruistic um thing where it's like we want to extend our services to the general public because far too often we see people let's take for example in context and i'm sorry for funneling down the orthopedic route but 
for example, for somebody who has something like back pain, which is plaguing the world right now. Um, wow, no pun intended, but the, the there is a lot of back pain in the world. Mm-hmm. And yet for us to not be seen as the go-to right away is very concerning. So in that context, wanting the doctorate title to be recognized, I think is something we should all strive for. I think we should definitely be the profession to go to we should be seen as the experts the same way you wouldn't say for example oh man i'm really not looking i can't see through these glasses really well i really need to change my glasses i should probably go to an optometrist i want that to i want that to be the same case for us like man my back is really hurting yeah i'm not going to go to my doctor first like you know and just like you know what are they going to do for me at this point and i'm not saying no knock on doctors it's like okay cool most of them will be like, all right, go to physical therapy. Well, why don't you just cut the middleman? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and people, the argument against that would be like, oh, but what if something serious is going on? Yeah. We're doctors of physical therapy. We should be able to figure that out because the grand majority of times low back pain is not threatening or life threatening. And there aren't any, they're generally not any serious issues. So they should see us first. Yeah. Oh man. They're, they're just, my mind explodes with all the things that I want to, <laughs> all the different avenues we can go down kind of breaking down this issue. But I agree. Like I want that. Yeah. Again, maybe legitimacy is the best word, but that sense of, of building our legitimacy, the standards that which we go by so that we can be viewed as um, just the straight go-to for yeah, issues like low back pain or, you know, musculoskeletal health issues. I think the question that I have is again, how well are we adopting those changes that yes, raise exactly. the standard? Because exactly. it's like, I have this sense of distrust in, in our profession I do because too. we can consider the, the, the ideal of just considering like what's in a DPT education, like what's in the standard curricula. And then we can um, consider you know, by baseline outcomes, yeah, PT, if it's done, if it's done, you know, by accepted practice standards, we should be the go-to. But in reality, it's a lot more messy because, yeah, we may be incorporating that in our curricula, but even at the education level, we're doing a pretty poor job still doing a lot of curriculum that covers not <laughs> not great subject matter. Look at you trying to be <laughs> real polite. There's still a heavy <laughs> emphasis on outdated practice practice patterns like you know heavy I, I don't know if that, it's been a few years since we were in school right so but we learned a lot about modalities which are <laughs> not considered best practice in in i would say most cases and then it comes to the reality of practice where you have different pts doing a bunch of different things and if you ask like a if you did a survey of a lot of therapists how many are following those from what we now those from what we know now know those best practice patterns currently right so it's like i don't necessarily trust us that we are meeting these new high standards as dpts so should we be trusted with that yeah Yeah. are we truly worthy of the doctorate level Mm -hmm. title like Uh, you said i'm fine i'm fine with that and i'm all for that and i want us I, i want that to be truly those standards implied with that with that level of education to be truly met but currently with the DPT, are we really meeting that, those yeah, standards? It's right. such a double-edged sword. It's like, yeah, it's, and you know, I guess to, if I'm trying to sympathize with our profession, 
I mean, PT is relatively young, right, as a profession. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like we said, I feel maybe we said it in our last podcast or maybe we were on the phone. But I feel like PT is like we're in our teenage angsty years right now yeah. as a profession. <laughs> Right. I think we did mention that in the first podcast. Yeah, I love talking about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like we're still trying to figure out where we're where we're going. <laughs> Very insecure. Yeah, there it is. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hot, sand. I hate sand. <laughs> it's hot oh, and it gets everywhere. Oh God. But yeah, I feel like if we want that title, we should, you know, earn it and really show that we we have this this wealth of knowledge and we execute it in a manner that's evidence-based, you know, that's most important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so, it's such a complicated thing and I hate that it's so double-edged and as much as I love my own profession, it really frustrates me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, like, like, for example, it's a great, it's a great springboard into the next topic, which mm-hmm. is, um, you're talking about like the the differences in DPT programs. Um, like I don't think I, uh, the, the, this article talks about the limited ability to talk um, to offer DPT. No, but I think in America it's it's basically the standard now because um, this is a Canadian um, article journal from nine years ago. Yeah, yeah, but even then, I think it was the DPT was basically at that point i think it was i think it had already been rolled out for for the u.s right Right. yeah i think well it still serves a good um springboard for this next topic which is like you know if you're a doctor you are more likely to provide um better like research in the field and all this stuff and um um it says here hold on Okay, offer a greater number of clinical internship hours with either within program or residency, thereby improving care, more likely to improve and develop our own science base and, and uh, science and evidence base. So they're trying to say that if, we're, if we have that doctorate title, we are more likely to take part in academic positions in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that holds true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, 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 again, in the real world, it's messy. So I'm not sure. I think there's definitely a proportion of people who already want to get into research and learn more of the very motivated individuals. But I think there's a lot of people that just start practicing and just keep doing what they do, right? Uh, yeah. Or not to say that their growth is completely stunted. But yeah, like you said, I'm not sure you're seeing just the inf- a huge influx of people going to research in, in academics, right? And and just because you have a quote-unquote doctorate title, I have seen mm-hmm. plenty of researchers who don't hold that. In fact, a lot, oh, of yeah. Well, yeah, like a lot of well-seasoned researchers who don't have fancy titles and have put out a lot of good stuff. So it's like, is it really like is it really going to make people want to get into that? I don't yeah. know. That's like a, is there a standard for measuring that? I'm not sure. <laughs> there, maybe there's some data out there that I'm not sure if anybody's looked at that, the proportion of DPT graduates who go into there is academic an, or research the, versus MPT there's a graduates. Here. Yeah. There's a resource here, uh, resource number 14. It has been shown that students to whom a doctorate title is important are more likely to be interested in taking on academic position, positions in the future. So there might be some data to show that, actually. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the the temporal issue, like down the road, like if you look 20 years down the road, 
it's just the accepted standard. If you want to go to PT school, you have to go to a DPT program, right? The yeah. option to do a quote unquote lesser degree is not even there. So right. you have to ask the question. Uh, there's no choice to, to choose whether you want the lesser PT degree or the higher PT degree. And uh, the people who want to do academics and research are going to go to the doctor. Like that's not something we can easily compare, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because the standards and the norms have shifted over time. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, that's something that we have to, uh, to question. Right. And, and you brought up that first point about clinical internship hours. And I think you were touching on that with programs vary. I mean, our program was somewhat accelerated, right? We only had 20 some odd weeks. Some people may have done an extra internship, mm -hmm. but that's, that's not even a whole lot relative to some other programs. Um, right. Like, like other programs get a whole year. Yeah. So it's like, and, and even so, this is where that, this is a great microcosm or example of where that the, the messy real world plays, because I think the quantity of internship or clinical rotation hours alone is not necessarily indicator of your quality experience. I think to some extent that exposure to actual clinical environments is valuable but the, the content of your instruction in those environments can be hugely variable, right? Mm -hmm. oh, because yes. in PT, we're a very faction-oriented uh, profession, right? There's in still in, so in many factions. Yeah, just, yeah, in orthopedics, at least. There's the manual therapist, the exercise-based therapist, the, the guru-based method uh, <laughs> therapist versus more uh, like research-based evidence, right? There's so many different factions that we can pick apart. And as a student who has a more malleable mind and viewpoint, uh, that's definitely a critical time when they are on rotations from their clinical instructors. And um, in a lot of settings, it's just you with your clinical instructor. Yeah, there may be other individuals, but they're not as so much as part of an education rounds team, as you might see with like physicians in their, in their clinical training. It's, right? it's so, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting you bring this up because it's like, as it relates to a doctoral program, did that really change how much clinic hours we got? I need to look at this. Cause I don't, I don't know. I have baseline knowledge to know about this, but as compared to an MPT, but like, you're right. It's very variable and the standards for clinical internship hours are vary from school to school where we went um, we were on the lesser side of how many clinical hours we had. And you're right. I had, I actually had a really, really bad um, experience with one of them. So, um, and I was pretty distraught after that. Um, mm -hmm. But, and then you compare that to other places where like, it was basically almost a year of, of internship. So, mm -hmm. um, and how does that relate to, to, so does a doctoral program really mean we would have a greater number of clinical internship hours? Mm -hmm. um, does that really mean we have an, an improved patient care just because we have more hours? Um, it's, it's, it's a whole plethora of things to unpack that within itself. Um, so I don't know, man, it's hard. I think even now, even now, after we have this doctorate title, there are, there are the, the concept of internship hours and residency and specialty are still being debated. One of the hottest topics right now is let's make DPT school a two-year program straight up mm -hmm. and, th and then have that last, that third year for a residency. Yeah. And 
I don't. Oh, know. you mean a rot- you mean a like a residency or a clinical like a, rotation? Clinical like a rotations, like a residency, like a year long residency. Like okay. for example, I would go to PT school, and I would only do it for two years, and then I would do an entire residency on the thing I want to specialize in. Yeah, I mean, if I choose to specialize, I th- I, I see where you're going with that. I think there's val. I still think there's values in clinical rotations as part of the um the, as part of the pt program education but oh, i yeah, think yeah, yeah. i think this is touching on some issues that are really more superficial i think the real problems that we have are a little bit more under the surface i mean mm-hmm. to, to to kind of elaborate on what i'm trying to say is going back to that point on those the legitimacy argument with having those more advanced uh, uh coursework that didactic coursework covering you know, pharmacology, uh, a more in-depth understanding of legal and ethical issues, differential diagnosis, imaging, things like that. Yeah, that's great. But you have to look at the curricula as a whole. What are the problems and the pitfalls in that? Like, if that's still there with outdated practice, does that combination create confusion for students? Does it create too many pathways that branch <laughs> away from from a more evidence-based uh, approach is critical thinking and sound clinical reasoning emphasized as much as it should in curricula. I think that's a core issue of yeah, looking sure. like unpacking what are the problems in education. And then as the clinical rotations, part of it, that's also part of the education. You just go to a rotation. You're at the mercy of whatever CI or institution you're or organization you're a part of. Right. So yeah. it's, you know, if I became a CI, I could just kind of push a student, towards like my way of thinking right so there's there's not as much there's not really and you know that's that's part of the that's part of a result of just that that faction oriented element that i was saying in pt right right Are so the, it's it's yeah the the variable standards with which we, we each program has mm-hmm. do they truly produce somebody who has earned the doctorate title. Mm-hmm. There are too many confounding factors within each program. Um, so how do we standardize that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I get that the NPTE is like, it's a, you know, I have nothing against it. I, I think it's, it's important that patient safety is, you know, first and foremost, baseline knowledge, first and foremost, you know, it's such a difficult question to answer. Are we truly deserving of the doctorate title? Um, yeah, it, I don't know. It, it's it's a great thing to look at, but the problems that we're I think the problems that are that we're actually concerned with go a little bit deeper than yeah. what these points are saying. They yeah, yeah. they they draw our attention to these problems, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but you know, just slapping some extra coursework and um, some more clinical hours that that doesn't get you that doesn't get us as far as i think it it would seem to right there's bigger issues at play that we need to tackle to really raise our standards and to make us be at a point where collectively more holistically as a body of professionals we're meeting we're meeting that standard right mm-hmm. because in essence would you agree like really from the dpt to the mpt is our profession 
really really change in how and how we do things i think yeah you could probably argue in some ways yes but i think some of our key problems are still there right i agree i think people more and more i have had more direct access patients that's for sure um and i do i honestly do feel like i have more autonomy in the outpatient setting for mm-hmm. sure um and i've been lucky to have been you know, and on the other side of things, I've been lucky to have worked with doctors, referral sources who are very much of the same mind that I have because they give me the autonomy to say when they come in, they're like the PT will make this, the decision type thing. You know, like mm-hmm. they're not very like, oh, you should be doing X, Y and Z. Like they're not very demanding. And we're basically like we're on the same page most of the time. So I've been blessed to ha- you know, have that opportunity here in the mm-hmm. Bay area. I know some other people may not have that luxury, but um, so I do, you know, to a certain degree, I do enjoy that autonomy, but did I really need the doctor title for that? <laughs> like, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, to be honest, Stephen, I think it's, I think we're lacking in a lot of basics <laughs> Dude, <laughs> as yes. a profession. It, it's kind of like adding this discussion about the, the doctorate versus the master's sort of thing in the more, you know, in the last 20 years, we can say it's like, let's add more to the top to, to our, imp- to the impression of what we are and what we do. But the foundation, some of the foundational pitfalls and holes and, and errors that we have, have are are like not getting addressed right i think for that true legitimacy uh and that true enhanced standards it should start with building up our base and our foundation to be really solid and Mm -hmm. and finding out ways so that carries across the board Mm -hmm. with with our profession through you know our curriculum and education the way we handle clinical internships our standards of practice for advanced education that may yeah maybe that should be required down the road to be part of a a, a, a legitimate vetted uh standard oriented residency um and i guess that's more of a superficial but it's not really it's not really it's like there there are foundational issues about how we do things versus just saying you have autonomy. We slap some new courses on here and you, you put more hours into your education uh, that were not, were not necessarily vetted or you don't really know how, <clears throat> how quality they were. So yeah, let's, uh, to me, it's, we got to build up those, ba- that, those basics, those foundations first exactly. before I, worrying I, about these superficial issues. I really like your analogy of adding more to the top. And when I think of that, I think of like a pyramid. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why would you keep adding more to the fine point? I would say the basically along the lines of what you're saying is make that base stronger, you know, mm-hmm. like really make sh- the basics, man. Oh, I get it now. Base basics. See, see what happened there? Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so really, genius. I know building, building that stronger base, take what we know is important and build on top of that. Mm-hmm. Don't like get lost in this weird shit like um i don't know like this faction oriented like all right so let me look this let me use this newfangled tool to break up the scar tissue and adhesive. yeah and you're like oh my god and and yet as doctors of physical therapy that's the perception that we get if mm-hmm. we're gonna make the argument oh here we go here we go it's happening it's happening if we're gonna we get make- really riled up oh, now steven <laughs> 
if we're gonna use if the argument for using the doctor title is because of our perception to the public then why is it that our perception to the public right now through so at least through social media is that we use some bs stuff where we're using like yeah. tools so that will restore some weird oh god some people even use like reiki and and i'm like okay hold on i just want to before i get no offense to reiki users but all offense to pts who use reiki <laughs> as like some sort of like rehab thing like we're being perceived as like you as using all this fancy like weird stuff that really is just truly snake oil mm-hmm. when in reality we need to build our base so yeah going back to that idea of perception i feel like it's not really a mission accomplished because it's just like <laughs> they see us as like doing all this weird stuff yeah and i'm like no and that strays away from what we're talking about, like uh, standards of practice and education and our development as professionals. But it's still the same sort of issue with the building on the building on the surface with that, with sacrificing our base, because mm-hmm. that has to do with how we we, we <clears throat> operate in practice. I think that's I'm really gra- glad you brought that up, because in that realm of things, when people have moved on from their DPT education, yeah, it's just we portray to the public, look at all these things we do, like these tools, laser and taping and cupping. And like, that's getting more publicity than just our true value uh, as PTs. And we're not really paying attention to our foundations, right? It's, it's like, look at all these. I, I was just thinking recently, I, I, I was reading about a, a clinic and they were like, and I seem to see this a lot state-of-the-art technologies it's like and it plays a lot (laughs) into like these superficial things that may make us stand out to the lay public because the lay public doesn't know better but then a lot of pts have just bought in thinking that these things are legit right because they're exciting they're shiny they're 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 state-of-the-art steven Dude, 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 okay. I have a great story. That just, this is so perfect. Okay. Yeah. So I have a close friend of mine. She graduated with us and she was working at a clinic that did exactly that. Mm-hmm. So she worked at a sports ortho clinic where they did a lot of that, like, you know, that like freezing thing that athletes use, they get inside like, the game ready. No, 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 no. Like, oh, oh like a cryo cryo yeah. therapy sort of thing. They, they yeah. have that. Um, they have all the newfangled, like, um, what do you call those things? Like the massage guns type thing. Um, they have all the kind of the crazy, like game ready stuff, laser, all kinds of weird modalities. Um, the clinic itself, it looks really edgy. Mm. It's, um, it's got like this, like, what's the word? Like modern look to it to make it look cool. Yeah. Crazy, like, you know, cool looking blue lights the way it advertises itself, it doesn't have physical therapy in it. I'm not going to name the clinic, but it doesn't have physical therapy in it. It's okay. it's advertised as a wellness center. Okay, yeah. So that in itself, right, it, the way it markets itself, talks about state-of-the-art technology, all this stuff. They pride themselves in soft tissue treatment, manual therapy, that type stuff. Their their Instagram is solely, f- like, it's, it's, the majority of it is, is, like, all kinds of, stuff that that's probably not going to help in the long term you know what i mean there's some stuff there about exercise obviously it's a sports ortho clinic but they sell a lot of they basically sell themselves on all this stuff mm-hmm. and the ironic thing 
is that they make them like they they basically introduce themselves to the patients as Dr. So-and-so. Hi, I'm Dr. So-and-so. And I was like, oh, God. And then they have the aides say, oh, Dr. So-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Just like, it's exactly, Yeah, it's, it's crafting this, this certain type of perception that is, is off, right? It, it's everything we don't want. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just in one place. I'll show you the pictures later. But yeah, and I'm like, that is not what I would want. I mean, at least. And I think other people in academia would agree. Like, this is not what we want as, as when, we, when, it, when, we, when it came to being recognized as doctors and PTs. This is mm-hmm. not the perception I was hoping that we would give. Because mm-hmm. that's not well, that's... Yeah, it's just no, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anybody can do all these things. The lasers, the most modalities, all that. How is that skilled? It's not. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It gives the impression of a lot of uh, ability and skill and being state of the art or whatnot. So I think to the public, it really stands out. So that opens that issue of, you know, like marketing, marketing and creating this image that is appealing. I mean, the thing is, it's like those things may be effective, right? Of building our image, but is the right image. Are we really working to be better legitimate truly legitimate healthcare providers are we working to be uh better secondaries like something else type type of service (laughs) providers right so i think that's that juxtaposition i think it's that conflict that those factions that we see in pt and i guess it can be a bit of a gradient to people who are just really far out there really concerned with um that image of you're straying away from from the basics and just putting on all those putting on that marketing right and then people mm-hmm. who are on the other end like very very focused on building up those basics and 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 our foundations as healthcare providers but you see a lot of of that uh friction right between these different groups that fall along that gradient right i mean you and i obviously are are biased towards that that latter that latter end right yeah um and yeah to be honest we're we're not ashamed of saying we all need to be more 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 on that right i think <laughs> i think down the road Stephen, it's it's one of those things where if we can build our foundations right and really ask good questions about the basics the bread and butter of what we do um and really get good at doing the fundamentals if people want to ask questions about some of these things that have gotten popular, like they can, people already have, but they need to approach it a lot more conservatively (laughs) and in a lot better way. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so easy for people to fall prey to that. And my biggest concern with that again is like the, this faction oriented fad stuff or new shiny stuff that people tend to like gravitate towards. Like, where's your critical thinking at? Like mm-hmm. what? Like you're just going to take something that somebody says is useful and you're going to use it. Mm-hmm. Like think first, like how does this apply to my patient? Is this, is there any evidence behind this? And is that evidence even legit? Mm-hmm. And, and cause like at that point, coming back to the idea of perception, it's like, be true to yourself. Like, is this really going to improve outcomes? Mm-hmm. Does this really, is this really an example of what a doctorate would do? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I don't, I don't know. And again, remember, I'm, I'm really kind of, 
middling on this idea of being called a doctor and I'm and for for example and I'm fine with my DPT. I'm not complaining about my DPT title. Mm-hmm. But I feel like again, if the argument is perception, we need to, we need to we need to do a lot better of a job when it comes to the stuff we do out there. Right. Yeah, I mean, so I guess in summary we can say that we don't have a problem with the DPT. Um we could say that the the concerns of of the DPT standard versus uh, like a lower degree title is, is more less substantive, right. Than, than it would appear to be Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the real questions at play are a little bit deeper, right. Uh, Right. Those questions that got, got brought up of legitimacy. Are we meeting high standards of practice? Um, What are our foundations in education and building up new professionals, having them, uh, think critically and building up uh, standards in in, clin- in clinical in clinical education and didactic education and preparing a new generation. So, and there's so there's so many things that like we can unpack in what you're saying and and all. I mean, we can keep talking a long time about all these things, right? Um, it just makes me laugh yeah. because on social media, like people will tout that title like crazy, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 a thing. It's it, that that's really it's really makes me it, it's honestly, irresponsible, right? Yeah, it's oh, oh man, you went you went the mature route. Um, <laughs> it just make, it really makes me cringe. It's mm-hmm. just like oh man, like as a, yeah. as as a fellow PT, as a fellow it's, PT, like I you could easily ask this person who touts their title a whole lot of questions, and then kind of question them into a hole, and then make them wonder like do you really deserve this doctorate title mm-hmm. and that's a th- one of the things this is one of the first things that i wanted to talk about <laughs> uh, about this issue but you mentioned we mentioned this idea before of like the insecurity mm-hmm. and the the growth of our profession there's almost like a defensiveness for for individuals that they they want to be recognized by this title right and i think that they're that could be uh, maybe a yellow flag for an issue there. If people really want to be recognized with this, I'm Dr. So-and-so like I'm a physical therapist, that clinic you mentioned, they're not even clarifying. Like it's a doctor of physical therapy. First of all, if you're going to introduce yourself at that, you need to clarify that to avoid this confusion for people uh, that may think, Oh, you're a medical doctor or a DO, right? A physician. Uh, that really needs to be clear to people because that, that is one of the points against in this article. I'm not sure we touched on it, but that idea that uh, it can cause confusion uh, for the lay public in thinking, oh, are we the same as like physicians, right, uh, in their mind? Mm-hmm. So, but that defensiveness is an issue. And if it's really paired with using that title to, you know, for self-promotion, for a practice that doesn't really follow good standards then yeah. then it's like you said building up more of that image in the in the wrong way that we should be going and and that's where that irresponsibility lies so uh, i just so I, I feel kind of like usually i can get a lot more intense about this but i just feel a little bit like down <laughs> <laughs> feel defeated after talking about that i know i get really i get really what's the word i get really gun shy when it comes to patients like so they look at my card and they're like so you're a doctor i'm like i guess 
that's, that's, I literally, that's what I say. To them I'm trying to figure time. that out. <laughs> I say that to them all the time. And at that point, you know, I say that, but like at that point for context, so people don't think I'm crazy. Like I had already done an hour eval with them. I had, I had already given them patient education. I felt I had them feel comfortable and we had given them a plan where they felt they agreed with and would, you know, we build confidence. I helped, I helped build confidence in their program and, you know, give them some optimism about, yes, we're going to move forward and there are things we can do to help make this better together. Okay. After that, when they tell me, so you're a doctor, I'm like, I guess. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just like, no, it's yeah, pretty sure. funny. I'm just, I guess, but I never use it. So I, and then like, do they call you Doctor Doctor Silver? I'm like, dude, no, just 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 call me Steven. Just yeah, please. I I seriously tell them, please don't do that. That just makes me uncomfortable. I was like, but it's your yeah. title, and I'm like, cool, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just, especially if you're going to be spending a lot of time. And in our profession, we spend a lot of time with our patients, right? That's the mm-hmm. one luxury we get is like, you know, we spend so much time with them. I'm like, the last thing I want, especially in a setting where we work together to make decisions, um, I would really not like to be called that, that, that doctor title just serves personally, that doctor title serves as a barrier for me. So mm-hmm. between me and the, and the patient, so I just feel like it's it's so much there's like less of a mental like block it's, there's no like top-down process between me and the patient it's just it's more like this mental hand-holding together you know yeah i think that's a that's a really important point to consider with like connecting with the patient and i handle things very similarly i like i have that personal sense of oh it's weird and yeah, it, it, it's it's the sort of thing where I've had that question asked, like, oh, so, you, so you're a doctor? I was like, well, I think I clarified to them, like, well, I'm a physical therapist, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, the stand, and then I explained to them, yeah, the standards of education they used to be a bachelor's and a master's, and then you get a doctorate, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'll say a lot of times. But I think what with some of what we've talk, talked about is – going back to your point about uh, being recognized as musculoskeletal health practitioners, does just, just being called doctor really get us there? Like not really like for the patients, it may give a sense of uh, that face validity, but that doesn't get us any farther of being recognized as musculoskeletal health experts. Right. Um, Because, because if they start calling you Dr. Silverio, right. Um, instead of recognizing you as Steven, your physical therapist, like, which is really better in drawing attention to PT. That's good. I mean, you can make arguments either way, way. (laughs) but, but, but I would say for, for the arguments of being a PT, uh, you, you are operating at a good standard, building that connection, going through the plan, doing, doing things right under that title of, you know, being a physical therapist and creating that sense of, oh, this is a, how a physical therapist handles things and everything, right? It, I'm just saying it leaves out room for confusion of blurring lines between professions. Yeah. It would be good if we would just like did our job well and be recognized as PTs. And from that, recognizing that PTs, we know a lot about musculoskeletal health related concerns. Right. I'm not sure if I'm being totally clear with that, but. I'm just not sure how 
aside from that face validity, how that really adds to the goal of being recognized as those first line providers for certain issues. Right. right? Shout out to us biasing ourselves into orthopedic PT conversations. But, yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's, yeah, you're right. It's, I don't know. Does, does the title really, that face validity that you're talking about, does that really do anything for us? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure people can make the argument that yes, for some people they hear the doctor title and they're like, yeah, cool. Like, I love that. But in terms of like, is it representative of, of a good outcome of this jazz? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's again, just personally as a rehab provider, a rehab specialist, I don't know that the title helps me because every time I see a patient, the first thing I do is question them and then help them, you know, interrogate and do all this stuff. Interrogate. Yeah. Interrogate. <laughs> I, I ask all my questions from, you know, from session to session. And then I yep. ask, what am I doing wrong first? Am I doing anything wrong first? Cause that's the first thing I ask, how can I make this better? How can we, and then the most important thing, how do we make a decision together at the end of the day? You know, we talk about, I think Eric Nira in his evidence-based funnel, he talks about, um, informed consent, honest informed consent and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I tie this back into it. He, you know, at the very end of the day, this is a decision we make together. And hopefully my education can bias them towards making the same decision I'd like them to make, but it's still something we do together. So mm-hmm. I, I just, the perception of having a doctor title and then me making a decision for them and I understand that patients are there for our guidance. I get that. Like they want us to tell them what to do. And some people respond better to that. I get it. The doctor title kind of implies, yes, I'm making a decision for you. But in reality, outcomes are better. They're probably, they're likely to be better when it's a shared decision-making process, especially in our biased orthopedic PT setting, because the perception of our care, you know, I, I'm sorry for everybody who else everybody else who isn't an orthopedic PT, but in an outpatient setting, like that shared decision-making process is mo- is like the most important thing to me. And I feel mm-hmm. like the, the doctor title might just get in the way, you know, it, it could be a complicating factor if we're perception is the thing. Oh yeah. The white, that's the white coat syndrome, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, um, and so I'm like, so yeah, that's a good point that you brought up because there's the there's the flip side, the the potential negative consequences on your patient relationship, right? Exactly. So I don't like that at all, and mm-hmm. and that drives me insane. If there's anything I've learned in the last three years in clinic, it's that you have to make the decision together. And even though I can be pretty stubborn about certain things, and I'm like, I really, you know, I can, I can, you know, for example we have to get this strong or else, you know, so we prevent injury from happening again, like towards the end of P- like PT or whatever, you know, I want to improve your, I want to improve your ability to manage this in the future. And, you know, some people can be really resistant to that and I can't tell them to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I, they had something they have to do for themselves. And so hopefully my education, you know, has helped to steer them towards that. But honestly, it's like, they, we, it's something we do together and I, I really don't think that me just saying this, writing it down on a piece of paper, blah 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 is going to just make them do it You know, I, I, I just hate that idea of looking down on somebody and, and telling them what to do Agreed, yeah that, that, was that is a good point for. 
And that shared decision-making, I think it also brings up that idea of, of certainty, right? Are you a healthcare provider that just gives all the answers uh, to the patient and be like, just do this uh, and you're, you're going to be fixed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing that, you're, <laughs> you're probably not doing a very good job. Yeah, exactly, for sure. <laughs> you, I think you are, but no, 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 you, you but might be stuck in a bubble. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing that. I'm telling you, right? There's like a lot of people doing that. I'm not, I can't say for sure oh, everyone's doing it, but I can say with certainty a lot of people I know are doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, That's man. really unfortunate. Well, we got we to gotta save some of the discussions for other podcasts because yeah, I think when I get talk, when I get started talking about PT, it's like we start on one issue and then we can jump to another and another. And in reality, I think a lot of these are well, it's like a, it's like a network, a web of these different things that we could talk about that are actually pretty interrelated. Right. Um, But maybe we should wrap this up. I mean, it's pretty long. (laughs) We initially said this was going to be 30 minutes. Yeah. We we had some uh, technical difficulties as well. Um, At least we had this article to help sort of keep us in check. We, we, we definitely deviated at some point, but you know, that's okay. Hopefully if anybody's listening, uh, they can still, kind of relate with some of these tangents, at least. We still brought it back <laughs> to, to, to the... Oh, yeah, Carolina. certainly. But we definitely it, didn't bring it back when it came to the Mandalorian. <laughs> we did not. We orbited around this, uh, this, this the, the main issue at hand, and we got some Star Wars references in there as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Well, uh, let's talk soon about another uh, PT chat. <laughs> right? oh, I got to take this a lot more seriously. Like, no, seriously. <laughs> okay. All right, man. All right. Later. Until next time, if anybody's listening, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll catch you hopefully not in a, a five month delay like it was. I think we recorded last in July. Maybe we can make this a little bit more regular. Dang, it's been five months. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. Until next time. All right. Talk to you later.